Today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. Please understand that David did not read Paul's writing in Romans. David had the heart of God. God spoke these words to David. This brings up a good word for human beings today. And this is amazing because as I was studying the word, I'm like, okay, is this for a message for believers? You know what? The Bible is a message for every man. Okay? Not just for believers, but for every single person who is breathing. Would your family members and closest friends say that you show unconditional love and kindness? Today, Pastor Eric will be challenging us to be known for our love toward one another, as well as our forgiveness toward even our enemies. As Christians, there's no better way to preach Jesus than by first being a good example. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for part two of his message entitled, Dealing with Your Enemies. David asked the Lord to be the judge between them. Not what man says or thinks. Let the Lord judge. What does this mean? David said that he was not going to battle against Saul. If Saul continued to battle against David, David was going to let the Lord be his avenger, right? He's like, I'm not going to let the Lord judge, you know? But I'm going to trust that in verse 15, that the Lord is going to deliver me out of your hand. I'm going to trust that the Lord's going to do my battles with you. But I'm not going to come against you, Saul. He's being up front. He's being real and honest with the man who wants to kill him. David said he wasn't going to battle. How many of us, when we are attacked, when we feel threatened, that we just naturally lash out and start fighting back because that's what we are programmed to do? But here, David is saying, I'm going to let the Lord fight this battle. I'm going to let the Lord deliver you, deliver me out of your hand. Paul instructed the church in Thessalonica with these words. It goes right along with what we're learning tonight. He says in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 6, that no, one, no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned you and testified. So Paul is instructing the church in Thessalonica uh, to let the Lord be the avenger of all such. David himself, in one of his psalms, he wrote this in Psalm 35, verse 1. O Lord, with those who strive with me, fight against those who fight against me. David and his, and his prayers to God were so, uh, so uh, powerful. They're powerful because they're real. He spoke from the heart how many times do you say, you know, I'm frustrated right now, or this is how I'm feeling, or I, I'm going through this tough time. Instead of coming to God with a religious prayer, be real with him because he knows your heart. And so David is just saying, you know what? You take out my enemies. You take them out. <laughs> fight against those who fight against me. The next time you enter in a fight, maybe it's not a physical fight, but maybe it's a verbal fight. Let the Lord take care of that. You don't need to defend yourself. You have a God in heaven who is the great defender. Let him defend you. Continuing on in verses 8 through 15, David then speaks that proverb to Saul. And in this proverb, David is saying to Saul, Hey, look, if I was wicked, I would have already acted wickedly towards you in the cave. 
If I was wicked, I would have already been wicked and I would have killed you. But David concludes his message to Saul by saying, the Lord will be the judge and he will be the one who delivers me out of your hand. Again, you see the heart of David trusting in God and not in himself for deliverance. And he was just being pouring out his heart to Saul because he wanted Saul to know that he was not coming against him. Again, a communication is key in every relationship. We can oftentimes receive words and we get rubbed the wrong way. And it's like, wait a minute, I'm not coming against you. But you don't know that unless you come to me and find that out. We must communicate with one another. Matthew 18. For for believers, that's our instruction on what we should do. If somebody offends you, if there's a brother who offends you, the Bible says to go to that brother. Tell them your faults against him. And and if if he listens, then you gain a brother. But it takes that first initial step. And here we see David taking that step. And he's communicating to Saul, I'm not out to get you, man. I'm not out to get you. If I was, I would have already killed you. Because I'm a ninja. I mean, he, he swooped in, man. Application. Most, in most people's eyes, David had the right to kill Saul. David had the right. But David chose not to, to do it. Romans 12 tells us this. It should be on the screen. It says, but not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Please understand that David did not read Paul's writing in Romans. David had the heart of God. God spoke these words to David. This brings up a good word for human beings today. And this is amazing because as I was studying the word, I'm like, okay, is this for a message for believers? You know what? The Bible is a message for every man. Yes. Okay? Not just for believers, but for every single person who is breathing. Good word for human beings today. This is something to re- remember Truly, I believe just because it looks like you have the right doesn't mean that the right is the right thing to do. Don't justify sin to sin. Should I say it again? Just because it looks like you have the right doesn't mean that the right is the right thing to do. Don't justify sin to sin. I truly believe if I could tattoo anything... On my heart, Romans 12, 21 would be there. And I pray that God writes that on my heart so that it would bring to remembrance when I am dealing with those times when people are coming against me to remember this verse, but not overcome of evil, but over e- overcome evil with good. Because in my natural flesh, I want to lash out. In my natural flesh, I want to respond And it's not good when the flesh is involved. Continuing on in verses 16 through 22, we see the the response Saul gives to David. So it was when David had finished speaking these words to Saul that Saul said, Is this your voice, my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. Then he said to David, You are more righteous than I. For you have rewarded me with good, whereas I have rewarded you with evil. And you have shown this day how you have dealt well with me. For when the Lord delivered me into your hand, you did not kill me. 
For if a man finds his enemy, will he let him get away safely? Therefore, may the Lord reward you with good for what you have done to me this day. Verse 20. And now I know indeed that you shall surely be king and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. Therefore, swear now to me by the Lord that you will not cut off my descendants after me and that you will not destroy my name from my father's house. So David swore to Saul, and Saul went home, but David and his men went up to the stronghold. Saul recognizes that it's David, and he speaks to him, and he starts crying. He wept. Saul is grateful for the mercy shown by David, and he recognizes that David is the next king. And he asked David, please don't cut off my descendants. Well, that's a pretty good guarantee because him and Jonathan were tight, right? They had that bond. They made that commitment before the Lord. They had that covenant relationship. That covenant relationship that you are not going to, I'm going to have your back no matter what. Oh, how I long for the church to have more of these covenant relationships. David and Jonathan had a covenant relationship. So David says, yes, I'm not going to take out your your descendants. David agrees. And Saul goes home and David and his men went back to the wilderness where they were hanging out and staying. Here is the Bible's plan for dealing with an enemy. Show mercy to your enemy. Show mercy to your enemy. Do not display wickedness towards them. Trust in the Lord to deliver you from their hands. Jesus said it this way, if you would, turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 43. Jesus speaking, sharing the heart of his Father, because he was all about God's business. So here's the heart of the Father through Jesus communicating to those who are around listening. He says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemy, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. His Son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do, you, do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brother only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. So here Jesus speaks the same heart that David displays. He says, he asks them, he's saying, love your enemy. And this is a message that has been preached thousands and thousands upon times. But really, how hard is it to love those uh, who don't love you? Let's be real about this. It's hard. It's a hard thing. But Jesus then takes it a step further, and he says, he challenges his listeners and says, how, how, how hard is it to say, I love you, to someone who loves you back? That love, that genuine love, that, that covenant love, can you actually have a covenant with your enemy? Can you actually display your love towards him in such a way that you will do something for them? You will serve them and be there for them? Somebody who's coming against you. Remember the definition of uh, enemy 
an adversary, one who hates. No, many of you and myself would say, no way. Forget that. They're coming at me and they're attacking me. They're attacking my family. They're attacking my church. They're attacking my my belief in Jesus. I don't have time for them. But yet, how hard is it to love those who love you? That's not hard at all. No big deal. So here we see God, the Father, challenging us through the words of Jesus. Jesus is challenging us. He's saying, and if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Nothing. But as a believer in Christ, you are called to a higher standard, the higher bar to, to set the example, to love those who are not lovable. Why? Because at one point you were that person, but Christ loved you. Christ loved me so much. And we'll see that here in a second, how much God loves us, okay? But here, God is saying, you know what? You died. You committed your life to me. You said you were done with your life. Okay, great. Now I'm going to be controlling. I'm in charge, right? And now we're going to love the unlovable. What? I didn't sign up for that. You did if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You did. The unlovable the enemy. If a man applied this in their daily life, if we would love those who came against us, how would our neighborhoods look? How would your neighborhood look? How would your relationship with your neighbors be? A lot better. How would your city look? How do you think the city of Coolidge would look if everybody would love their neighbor? Or not, well, that too, but love their enemy. How do you think this city would look? Imagine. Then imagine your state. Then imagine your country. Then imagine that the whole world applied the words of Jesus and actually lived them out. Not only hearers of the word, but they were doers of the word. How would everything then look? Ladies and gentlemen, I truly believe If we live these words out that Jesus said, the world would be a better place to live in. God has provided the wisdom right here in our hands. David didn't have the words of Jesus. He didn't have Jesus discipling him for three years, but he trusted in God. And he he was obedient to what God was doing in his heart and what God directed him to do. (laughs) God has provided us how to live right here within these pages. We are so blessed to have the entire word of God before us and to read his words. And the freedom that we have in this country, they haven't taken away your freedom to read your Bible, so don't act like it's gone. You can still read and still fellowship. We can be in God's word. We have a freedom that is so wonderful in this country. Praise God for the freedom that we have. So if you apply this in your neighborhoods, your cities, your states, your countries, the world, now apply it personally to your businesses. Your businesses. The one who just ripped you off. That vendor who just ripped you off. Or the employee who has done you wrong. Apply this into that. Apply it then into your family, your friends, 
every point that you have contact with people because somebody's going to get offended, somebody's going to come against you, and somebody's going to say that they're angry at you and use hateful words. It's fact. It's just who people are. We're sinful men. Some of us are saved by grace. But those who are saved by grace have an understanding and the love of God and know that Jesus was for real. It wasn't just something to feel good in here to say a thousand times from the pulpit, love your enemies. Oh, that's going to that's gonna be a great message. Hey, this is good. Pen this one down for future pastors. No, live it out. Live it out. That's what God is asking us to do and to show this love. And what happens when, it hap- when we do it? Great things because we serve a great God. Why will this work? 1 Corinthians 13, love never fails. Why will it work? Love never fails. You guys want to try saying that with me? Love never fails. Why will it work, church? Love never fails. The Bible is clear on how to deal with those who oppose you. Here are some more verses to help you with your enemy. Uh, Proverbs 24, 17. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls. And do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles. Proverbs 25, 21 through 22. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he's thirsty, give him water to drink. For so you will heap coals of fire on his head and the Lord will reward you. Again, you're not doing it for that man, but you're doing it because of your love for God and for Jesus. And the Lord will reward you. 2 Thessalonians 3, verses 14 through 15. And if anyone does not obey our word in this epistle, note that that person, and do not keep company with him, that he may be ashamed. Yet do not count him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. So here we see the... Paul is instructing the church, hey, don't keep company, but that doesn't mean to be rude to the guy. You know, don't cut him off. You need to continue to love him. Admonish means to what? Admonish means to warn and to exhort. Exhort, exhortation is encouragement. And so when you, yes, you're not going to continue in that, with that fellowshipping with that sinful lifestyle, but the times that you interact with that person, you're going to love them. Because love never fails. And you're concerned about their hearts coming back to Christ. If they're a brother in Christ, then we pray that they come back to Jesus. And when they do, what do we do? Oh, man, do you remember what they did? Yeah, I don't know if we can talk to them. No, you run to them and you embrace them. Because why? They've come back. They've repented. Man, correct your enemy with gentleness just as you would do with a brother or sister in Christ. Final exhortation here as we wind down. Why man should treat their enemies with love comes down to this one reason. That's how Jesus acted towards sinful man. Why should we do it? Because that's how Jesus acted. The Bible tells us this, but God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath 
through him. Hallelujah, praise God. But do you notice what God has done? In his own love toward us, while we were still sinners, sinners deserve death, Christ yet still died for you and for me. Christ died for us. And we've been justified by his blood. And we shall be saved from the wrath through him. Now check this out. Verse 10. For if, we, if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Did you get that? Hello? Once enemies of God, we were reconciled. To God through the death of his son, his son, Jesus Christ, and we shall be saved by his life. Continuing on in Romans. And not only that, Paul continues that, and not only that, can you imagine him preaching this or writing this to the Romans? Just the passion coming forth from the man's heart. Not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Man, he is just praising God, but he recognized something key. Before Jesus Christ, you were an enemy of God, but yet God, how did he treat his enemies? With love. A love that never fails. And that love is through his son, Jesus Christ. Paul stated this in Colossians. He says, for it pleased the father that in him all the fullness should dwell and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him whether things on earth or things in heaven have been having made peace through the blood of his cross check this verse out verse 21 of colossians and you who weren't who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue the faith grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Hey, enemy of God, former enemy of God, maybe current enemy of God, through God's love, he, is, he wants to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in the sight of God the Father. If indeed you continue in the faith, right, grounded steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard, which was preached to every creature, man, not only did God give us the instruction on how to deal with our enemies, he gave man an example on how to do it. And that man was Jesus, Jesus Christ the righteous. Here in our text, we see David as a Christ-like and Saul as a man, just a normal human being like you and me, a sinful man, right? Jesus has extended his mercy to you and he has spared your life. Well, that's all the time we have for today here on Grace to the Hearers with Eric Kluth, of Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Don't forget to join us next time as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of 1 Samuel. Now, as we mentioned at the beginning of today's program, 
We'd like to make available to you a free copy of today's message. We can send you a copy of today's message on audio CD when you email us at info at gracetothehearers.com. That's info at gracetothehearers.com. Or you can listen to or download the message as originally recorded at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Just visit our website at gracetothehearers.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place an order, you can always call us at 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 520-723-7047. Again, we invite you to visit our website at gracetothehearers.com, where we provide helpful information about our beliefs, service times, and a convenient map to our church if you're in the Coolidge, Arizona area and would like to visit us. The Bible teaching that you hear each day on Grace to the Hearers is from the worship services at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. So if you've been blessed by today's message, join us for worship. Grace to the Hearers is the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Please join us next time as we continue our study through the book of 1 Samuel. That's next time on Grace to the Hearers.